I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 11 and preview of Double Game Week round 12. This episode is brought to you by Host Rotation, because hey, if it's good enough for MLS, it's good enough for us. Uh, no, um, actually, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome subreddit community of r slash MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLS Fantasy Boss, and tonight I'm joined by a great group of fantasy minds. We have Mike Denton, Jason Wiskovich, Blaine Riffle, and our special guest, Dominic Hoffman from the Burgundy Wave. How are you guys doing tonight? Hello, friends. Doing well. Doing well. Doing well. Great to have you. Uh, yeah, Dominic, like we were talking about before the show, just want to say we've all been impressed with how active Burgundy Wave's been this year, and I, I guess we're just going to go ahead and credit that to you. Um, I would I wouldn't credit that to me in any way. <laughs> um, no, but Abby Abby does a great job. She's the head writer, the editor, and everything. So, and Rapids Rabbi has been plugging us away on everything. So it's been great. Oh yeah, I hear him on ETR with yeah, uh, the Hot Hotline all the yeah. time to mention him. Yeah, I feel like it. But yeah, so great to have you here. Look forward to hearing what you have to say, especially about Colorado after their big week, which we will get to later on. Uh, or right now, let's talk about round 11, guys. Um, how did your teams do? Mike? Um, I had a 111, which, you know, is pretty good, 252 uh, or 294 round rank, but um, I'm about to get smoked by the two guys after me. Um, I, I avoided the San Jose trap. Um, when Giovinco's news broke, I dropped him for Alex and Wynn. Um, that worked out for me. But uh, the back line did absolutely nothing with the rotation for Zavaleta and Crognale, and then Orlando didn't get a clean sheet. So that, in the, between that and uh, not captaining Miram, I captained Higuain, which was middle of the road. Um, good week, but not as good as the guys you're about to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I had uh, ended on 129, <clears throat> excuse me, round rank nine, which is the best I think I've ever done. Um, moved up to like one, I think like 114 or 115 overall. So definitely stoked on that. Um, obviously, the cropper against RSL um, or any New England against uh, RSL played uh, well for people. But um, I also got, uh, I, I went for uh, Cardinale and he only got me three points, but I did go with Toya and uh, Suter. And they both notched or tallied assists, so that kind of saved my back line. But Captain Merrim, I had Win Vasquez, Bradley, also fell into the Josie trap, um, and Edwards sitting on my bench. Yay! <laughs> Me too. Yeah, so I got a 128 this week, around rank 17, which is a personal best for me. Um, I fell into that same defensive trap with uh, Crugnale and Zavaleta. And then Altador, which I told Jason right before the deadline, Altador was a trap and I knew better, but I went with him anyway. Uh, kind of regret that one. I mean, if I had picked up anybody else, we'd be looking at a little bit different week. But I went with De La May and Cropper in the back, and that really saved my week for me. And with the Miram captain, of course, putting up those scores, you really had to have him. Yeah, well, I did. I, I didn't do that great, honestly. Um, I, you know, I had Josie up top, and it, it really didn't do me any justice. Um, but, you know, I had, uh, like, Zavaleta and Maro in the back, and it just wasn't a strong showing for me at all. Um, but, you know, I did end up winning my matchup, so I kept moving up in our Burgundy Wave standings, which is all that really matters. So, <laughs> Indeed, that's what does matter. Well, I, I feel like I did poorly, but with a score that would normally do well, I got 92 points overall. <laughs> Uh, I did keep Geo, and I kept him as captain because I was really banking on something happening during that Minnesota game and maybe getting some little differential points right there. Um, I did also have Zavaleta. I also had Williams in the back, so not too much there. And I did a switcheroo with Long, and uh, well, I did a switcheroo with Long, and that did not pay out for me either. But I had Delamea 
and that worked out. Uh, my biggest punt of the round, though, just crashed and burned with uh, with Adi just coming up with, with three points for me. So had hoped more from that well, point. If you, uh, if you listened to my punts, you would have done better because I had Kyoto, Ellis, or Torres. But no, <laughs> my, 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 <laughs> my, my own writer boss doesn't even listen to my own. Great. <laughs> Well, you also punt about seven to twelve people each round. So, I mean, when you're doing shotgun approach to it, it's not hard. To one to two for each position. And, and to be fair, and then four at the end. Just other. Oh, also these. Guys. But uh, <laughs> to be so fair, Jason, you don't listen to your own. This season has just been crazy. Uh, hashtag because MLS seems to be the theme this year more so than ever. All sorts of crazy stuff. Only four double game week players made it into the dream team. Guys, are you surprised by that? I'm guessing no. Absolutely not. Uh, I'm not surprised because once we found out Giovinco was dealing with an injury, it really put the screws on Toronto's rotation. And so, you know, you're going to have Toronto kind of putting up rickets, you know. Then you have the dilemma, do I play Josie? He's already played three. They're going to be exhausted, so you're not going to get the huge points out of the Minnesota game that we talked about last week when we did the podcast. Um, And then, you know, Columbus – Everyone here had Ola Kamara, and then Ola Kamara got benched for I have no idea why, um, other than Greg Berhalter hates our fantasy teams. But I mean, after you know those that kind of rotation, it's not shocking that that we had such a low um, round score. I mean, I so, talked about it. La- I talked about it last time, and again, same time. It's not really shocking to see these, but if you look at the a lot of the players we had, uh, Vasquez and Bradley, I think were twelve and thirteen each. You've got your double game week guys putting up the consistent double-digit scores. I mean, we when you consider Madunjanin, Alessandrini, and Wynn all going off like that, like a lot of people had Lee Wynn just because they, they liked that matchup against RSL. I don't know that very many people picked Alessandrini to do that against New York at home. Like, that's just rough. And then Philadelphia to come out and put up four goals is ridiculous for the way they've been playing lately. So you're going to get it. But the double game week options are still there. They're putting up solid numbers if you make the right picks. It's just you're gonna you're gonna see this, and the dream team's kind of a crapshoot anyway. It really is. You're right about that every week, so you are a familiar with that that crapshoot right there. Um, lots of games stood out to me. I'm going to mention a few of them right now, and you guys can say what you want to about them, and then let me know and let everybody else know which games just stood out to you as particular fantasy important just what takeaways did you get and chicago torched seattle that's just the best way to describe that because it relates to fire and i think that's funny um so that that's definitely put a lot of players on the radar coming up big questions for seattle i also think as you guys already mentioned philly getting it done this round i i wish i had watched that game because it looked like it would have been really fun um but congrats to all of the philly fans i'm, I'm glad that you have something that's that's exciting to watch. Um, skipping the next one I was going to mention because I'm going to save that one for last. Dallas, New York City. Um, I, I want to hear what you thought about that, Mike, because I, the note I have is way to use your head just looking at the way Hedges came out after that game and Tommy Mack getting it done with that tying goal. Yeah, um, this was a really intense one. I wasn't sure if New York City was going to go all out on this or try to kind of bunker and they, they came and they brought it. I thought it was a, a good matchup. Um, we, we saw Tommy McNamara, even though he didn't play very well for most of the game, um, you know, the, the passion and just relentlessness to, to get that goal off of the rebound from the David Villa free kick uh, really exemplifies what he is as a player. Um, hopefully he'll get some, some more opportunities as this double game week goes on. I, I don't know if he is because I think Pirlo is going to get a start on Wednesday, which we'll talk about. But um, – yeah, I mean, good good point for New York City. I mean, obviously, most of the attention this week was on Toronto and the results they've gotten, um, which is very well deserved considering they're on a six game win streak, and that's unheard of, is particularly in the time frame that they've had to do it in. But um, you know, good result for New York City, not a terrible one for Dallas. Um, I mean, the best news out of Dallas all week was that Moro Diaz returned to full training. So, you know, he he'll be coming back at, at some point new, soon. So. Uh, you know, real, real good matchup. Uh, I think it was fun because sometimes, you know, you have the West Eastern Conference matchups and you get hyped for them and they, and they don't deliver. I, I think this one was one of the few that delivered. 
Yeah, you mentioned that six-game win streak for Toronto. Definitely impressive. Definitely gives credit to a lot of what people are saying about Toronto being the best team this year, or at least the deepest team this year. But uh, Michael Bradley still had some pretty harsh words to say about the the schedule that they've been dealing with, uh, even while achieving that impressive record. But the most impressive thing, I think, for this round, and I'm so glad, Dominic, you're here talk about this is Colorado got a win and maybe this was because of some San Jose overhype but what did that mean to you uh, I mean I, I wrote something about a, a week ago where I, I said if you know Colorado ended up losing uh, to Vancouver the whole narrative on the season is completely changed and everybody wants Pablo gone um, and to see Pablo come out and decide to change up the formation and throw some of these things that everybody here has been saying for the last couple weeks. Um, it was huge for us. I mean, we, you know, you win three, nothing, you get a clean sheet. Uh, the whole, you know, momentum's going in a completely different direction and all of a sudden everybody's hyped again and excited. So. Yeah, it was, it was great. Glad to see you guys getting some, some wins. It's, it's nice to see that happen. Everyone needs a win every now and then home, home advantage though, huge, still huge. And especially that altitude. Uh, so, guys, that was a few games that I wanted to point out. There's many more. Anything else fantasy-related that you want to point out about this past round? Yeah. Um, New York Red Bulls are just hot garbage right now. I don't know how you can say anything else, especially after losing like they did to L.A. Uh, they've been outscored 8-1 to in their last three games, and that includes losses to Philadelphia and L.A., who have both been kind of subpar this year. And I think uh, Jesse Marsh said it best at halftime. He didn't recognize that team. Uh, I've been saying it all season. That team doesn't have a good leader on the field. They have nobody to rally around. They just look disjointed. They didn't look like they were in this game at all. And I don't know how they're going to turn it around at this point. I mean, they may have a few good games here and there for fantasy players. But overall, I don't think I can trust any of them anymore, especially after they let L.A. do that to them at home. You may get a clean sheet every now and then against the right opponent, but I don't know what they're going to do. They're done. I don't think I'm going to be pulling any of them in anytime soon. Yeah, for me, um, play, start, and captain anybody and everybody that plays against RSL. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny you mentioned that. That was actually a talking point I had about them coming up. So um, the spoiler alert there, I guess I should say. No fun, no fun. Um, we mentioned um, Colorado torching Seattle, and I think it's time we recognize that Seattle's got some real problems defensively. Uh, I know Andrews talked about on, on Twitter, he doesn't think that Dempsey's providing defensive coverage, and I'm not sure if it's that or, or what the disconnect is, but Seattle's now given up a, a boatload of goals. I don't have the stat um, with me, but, I mean, we had the, the game against New England where they gave up three um, the, the game against Chicago that they just have where they got torched, um, the, the game against Toronto where Toronto came in with a C team and just shut them down. Th this is a team that's really struggling right now going into this uh, double game week. Now maybe having a match against RSL this week is exactly the tonic that the Sounders need, but um, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, usually we'd like start looking at Seattle defenders. I don't think that's the case this week. Yeah, just to add to that, Seattle's been kind of plagued by injuries in the back, and now you've got Jones sitting out for a game for a suspension. I I don't think they've ever found a cohesive unit in the back, and it's really starting to show on the field with when they play fast-attacking teams. They just don't know how to react to them. Great tips, guys. Uh, congratulations on your scores for round 11, and congratulations to everyone who did so well. I saw a lot of triple-point scores, so congratulations, everyone. Uh, for this double game week. And the next one that's coming up round 12 is a huge double game week. Jumping right into housekeeping here. Uh, they have Chicago, Colorado, Houston, New York City, Orlando, Philadelphia, Real Salt Lake, San Jose, Seattle, Sporting Kansas City. All of those teams, that's what, 10 teams or so, have a double game week this round. Of those teams, Colorado is a double away. New York City is double away, and Houston is double away. The only team with a double home game this round is Philadelphia. So keep that in mind when you're making your picks. 
Also, keep in mind, we had a, a little note from Andrew Quallard come in about rotations. Wants to make sure that we point out, so listen up, when Andrew speaks, it's, it's someone good to listen to, that Sporting Kansas City just had a double game week in New York City, Orlando, Real Salt Lake, Houston, and Seattle have another one in two weeks. So be on the lookout for heavy rotation with these teams, especially for with conference games. And that's something we haven't mentioned a whole lot, but pay attention to those Eastern and Western conference tables, guys. Just when you're making your choices, think that teams will probably rest some players with those out-of-conference games and really go all out when they're playing guys in their conference. So that's my housekeeping, except to also mention Patreon. Thank you, guys. Everyone who is is following on Patreon, uh, thank you so much for your generosity. I've been kind of busy these last couple of weeks with Mother's Day and some other special events going on during in my life during this time of year. So I haven't had a chance to send out some of the letters like I intended to, but it is coming. I promise I will get that swag out to you as soon as possible. And uh, that leads us to Mike, injury news. Okay, well, a lot of injury news uh, this week. Um, we have some red cards. Uh, Diallo for Los Angeles, red. Acosta for DC United, red. And um, Joven Jones for Seattle, uh, all red cards. All will be suspended um, next week or for Joven Jones, the first half of the double game week. Um, few people um, on Disco watch um, after watching Simon Borg's uh, instant replay. Uh, Watts for Colorado. He said he deserved a, a red card. Uh, Duval um, put studs first in Tamiram. Uh, sweats for New York City. Um, he got a yellow card for a studs up challenge. Borg thought should be red. Carmona. Um, he got a yellow card for a scissors tackle. And quite frankly, I have no idea how he got a yellow card. He should have been suspended. And then uh, Aha was not flagged um, by Borg, but there was a GIF going around on Twitter of AHA doing a little kick out on a Sporting Kansas City player. So um, just be aware about that, but we should know um, all the double game week suspensions uh, before the deadline uh, hits. Um, as far as injuries, um, Kyle Beckerman and I'm sorry, uh, and Nick Armando, they should be okay and are expected to start for Real Salt Lake. On the other side of the coin for RSL is Beltron is going to be out and Phillips is going to be doubtful. And that's not going into all the U20s that they're missing. You can go find that list uh, online. I tweeted out last week, or you can ask me if, if you want to see that full list. But RSL is missing a lot of people, but they're getting a few back this week. Ellis for Houston is, quote, not too bad with a hamstring injury, personally, um, with the double game week both away. Uh, I know he's traveling with them, but anytime I hear hamstring, I'm assuming at least a week out. So kind of take what Houston's saying with a grain of salt. Um, speaking of taking what they're saying with a grain of salt, we have Toronto. Giovinco out three weeks with what is being called a quad strain. Uh, Nick Haglin is also out eight to 12 weeks with an MCL injury. So um, we had the injury... Uh, drama this week with uh, Toronto where now we have some long timetables for uh, two of their big players. Um, wrapping up, um, Kyoto left early. Um, I couldn't tell if it was tactical or injury related, but he's not left on the injury report, but just kind of be aware about that. And then um, Juan Agudelo uh, missed the match with an upper extremity injury that kind of popped up late in the week. Uh, I'm not sure about any kind of timetable for him. Uh, or if we'll be able to make it back, but um, just be aware about that if you're thinking about picking him up. And I think that's all the injuries that I caught, unless y'all caught something else. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for that comprehensive overview. As always, yeah, I think uh, that Geo News was not a big surprise to many people after sort of the shenanigans that we've had going on. That brings us to the round 12 preview. Uh, a note for everyone, we switched up the format before we get into this, this, this segment of the show. We thought it would go too long if we did a game-by-game -game breakdown, so we're doing a team-by-team -team breakdown. So the guys are going to be giving you their fantasy feedback for each team and not necessarily the opponents they're playing. Might get mentioned. Some scores get might get mentioned. I hope they get mentioned. But we're going to break it down team-by-team -team this week, starting with the double game week players. So first we have Chicago, who is uh, playing Colorado and then traveling out to D.C. Uh, Blaine, does the fire, uh, just do they have what it takes to just keep rolling with, with that form that they're on 
and are players like Nikolic and McCarty just must-haves? So, yeah, this, this is an interesting week, and I really like the way this is stacked up for fantasy. They've got a home game against Colorado, and Colorado's attack did look better last week. Gashi's definitely making an impact, but um, it's still Chicago at home. I really do like this defense, but I kind of like this offense a little more, and only and being limited to four players is kind of problematic this week for this team. But the second leg being DC is just a great matchup. It's really it's going to be hard to ignore some of the key players. I mean, Nikolic's got to be in your lineup this week. Uh, this is two great games. I mean, he could come out with four goals from these two games pretty easily. And then uh, Dax McCarty is still pulling strings, just like he did in New York. Now he's doing it with Chicago. So for um, defensive midfielder, high pass percentage, He's going to rack up some bonus points for you. Should get double-digit scores pretty easy from these two games. Um, I, I really can't say enough about him. Um, Lampson's starting starting in goal right now, which is another interesting one. Um, Colorado and D.C. are not the most high-powered offenses. This is a good spot to possibly get a budget keeper for your double game week. And then, depending on what you're thinking at, Mira and Akam are both definite options for me this week. Um, if you really think Chicago is going to run wild on both of these teams, Akam and Nicolik together could be really good. Um, I will give you score predictions, Reed. Um, I'm, I'm picking them to go 3-0 against Colorado and 2-1 at D.C. Nice. Uh, now there's one name I didn't hear you mention, uh, Schweinsteiger. <sighs> I think there's better options elsewhere this week and being limited to four players. Like I'm really looking at Lampson. Um, yeah, Schweinsteiger could be good. I just don't know that he's got the potential. And will he get rested? That's the other big question I have on this one. Sure. So, I mean, yeah, I couldn't fault anybody for taking him, but I've got better options in this matchup. Last question before we move on. Is this the team with the best double game week schedule, even not having home-home? I think for offensive players, yes. For defensive players, that's a little bit more of a toss-up. All right. Well, let's go to one of the opponents that Chicago is playing. Dominic, uh, Colorado's had its share of downs this year. Um, are, are they finally going to be on an upswing this week? Um, I mean, it's it's going to be tough because, I mean, going into Chicago is not an easy – it's not easy this year. Um, you know, if they – if the Rabbits kind of stick with the same formula that they went with last week, uh, I think it's – it you know, it, it bodes well for them. I, I don't think – you know, three zero would be the score. I don't, I don't anticipate a clean sheet either side. <laughs> um, but you know, I may be a homer pick. I'm not too sure. Um, but I do agree. I think that um, I think there's going to be some goals in this game for sure. And I guess I left out Colorado's schedule is at Chicago and then at Philly. So, is there anyone from Colorado that you think is a fantasy standout for this round? Um, again, if we if the Rapids end up sticking with the same formation same mentality that they had this last week uh if there is anybody and i don't really think there is um i and depending on if watts gets uh suspended or not um i'm either going with watts in the back line or you know dylan powers as a midfield but i do think there are better options out there so yes no is definitely an acceptable answer <laughs> especially <laughs> that colorado has experienced Recently, uh, without, without Hoberg, Axel, we we miss Axel terribly. Yes, terribly, terribly. Man crush. Hey, he responds to us on Twitter, and that is huge. That he is does. huge. We we love yes. we love Axel. Uh, Jason, since you're talking, let's hear you talk about Houston. They are at Philly and then at Atlanta. Um, they've been great at home, not so much on the road. So, are they a team to avoid this week? So, um, considering you just stole my thunder, um, I guess I'll go to my next point. Um, you can yeah, make it again. You can uh, make it again. As you said, uh, Houston, um, they've actually lost every single away game that they played this year, which has been three games, and only scoring two goals. Um, and on the flip side of the coin, Philly have kept three consecutive clean sheets. So, um, I actually for, – so for the first game for Houston versus Philly – um, I actually like Philadelphia a lot in this game. Um, I think it's going to be 2-0 Philadelphia. And uh, the reason being is just because uh, Ellis is, has been so dynamic. I mean, they're like 
Kyoto and Elise this year have been just extremely dynamic on the wings. Um, they've literally been interchanging the front three during the run of play, so it's almost impossible to mark. But, um, yeah, you know, um, Manotas has performed very well. Should have had two goals last week, but uh, um, I don't think they get – I don't think Houston uh, gets it done this week against Philly. Um, and then Philly – I'm sorry, then Houston going to Atlanta. Um, I see this one being a tie, uh, 1-1. Um, and the only player that I'm touching from uh, Houston this week is going to be Alex just because he's pulling all the strings. Um, and then for Philly – I really like um, – I don't even know how to say his name, but Mendujanin. He has been um, somebody that I've been high on this entire year. Um, he's been one of my sleeper picks numerous times. I think he's one of the best bang-for-budget players. Um, and then I really like um, Andre Blake between the sticks this week. And then um, I like Gooch and um, I believe – is it is – it, uh, his name is – is it Ellis? The four-point uh, – Elliot. Um, if he plays, I think that's a great budget option to get into the Philly defense. Okay, Mike, let's let you talk about your favorite team, New York City. Some people don't like it when I let you, you Homer guys, talk about your teams, but I, I hope you're able to bring uh, some just restraint to that nature. I mean, maybe not you, Jason, but some of you guys can restrain yourself, but particularly you, Mike, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, so New York City is at RSL and then at Orlando City. So is this just going to be a blowout week? Uh, I'm not sure because I'm not sure if New York City is going to have a rotation on Wednesday. Um, you know, if David Villa starts and, and New York City pulls, puts out an A-plus lineup, uh, I think they could blow him out. But, you know, it is two away games. They're, they're in the middle of a four-game away game stretch starting with Dallas uh, Sunday night. So uh, I think rotation is, is going to be an issue for New York City. I, I did a piece uh, that I posted on Reddit looking at what Patrick Vieira did last year. Um, he had out of the three weeks he had a double game week. One time he benched everybody, and it didn't really work out that time because that was before the seven nothing derby. So hopefully he doesn't do that again. Um, I'm so I mean I think you know David Villa is obviously one of the forwards you're going to be looking at, um, even if he doesn't start against RSL, which I think would be a big bummer. He he's good for bonus points. Um, even if he's coming off the bench, he could probably pick up a goal against RSL with as, as depleted as they are. Um, but, I mean, I think uh, otherwise, um, Jack Harrison, 7.9 midfielder, uh, he's a good option. You know, he's younger, so more likely to start. Um, I, I don't know if I would go Maxi Morales because, uh, like I said, um, the reports are that Pirlo is going to get a start. And I, I'm wondering if Pirlo is going to get his start where Maxi Morales is. but. Um, and also, Ring has, I didn't mention this before in, in the injury news, Ring is also one yellow away from yellow card uh, accumulation. So otherwise, I might recommend him as a good defensive midfielder because he gets pretty decent um, bonus points consistently. But I think for, for most people looking at New York City for fantasy-wise, because they're on the road both games, I, I don't know if I would go much farther than David Villa. Um Right now, he's the only one I'm really considering from New York City FC, but I could see you going with someone like Harrison or Morales this week. So this is the third game against Orlando, and that's the third chance to get a win. Yeah, and, you know, I I don't know if they're going to take it. (laughs) Um, And and part of that is because I think Orlando blows off the match against San Jose and really rests up to make sure that Jason Christ can beat his old team. but, I mean, the, the matches with Orlando the past two years have been pretty competitive, um, but New York City's come short every single time, either a draw or a loss. So, uh, certainly, I don't think clean sheets um, for any New York City defenders. If, if you're pressing me for a, a score, I would say um, if David Villa plays uh, and there's not much rotation, 3-1 against RSL, uh, victory for New York, and then a 2-1 loss uh, uh, at Orlando. Ouch. Gosh, tough, tough pills to swallow. Speaking of Orlando, uh, Dominic will let you travel to someplace a bit warmer than maybe you're used to. Tell us about them. Uh, their schedule, not sure how it looks just just from first glance. Is this a team you're considering getting players from? Um, this week, I don't think so because I, I agree. I think San Jose, they're going to blow off that game. Um, I don't really 
you know, I'm, I, I think, you know, they're going to lose that game to San Jose just cause San Jose has been going through a little rough patch here. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be two, one, if anybody scores, it's going to be Kyle Warren. Um, but I do think there are better options, um, up top this week. Um, and then against New York city, I also have that as a two, one win for Orlando. Um, kind of the same thing, you know, you have, you know, maybe, you know, Laren scoring Kaka can maybe figure it out, but, um, that I just feel like they're going to throw away that first week and kind of leave it all up to their, you know, rivalry with New York city. That will be a good game to watch. That is for sure. Uh, we've heard some mention of Philadelphia already this week. Philadelphia is hosting Houston and then hosting Colorado, Blaine, their defense, as we've already mentioned, has been very good. Three clean sheets in a row. Double home game. Is is this a team to load up on this round with defense? This is a team to take a very good look at before you load up. But it's at seven goals in the past two games. Five different players scoring those goals, I think it is. I mean, that's just – it. they're firing on all cylinders. Double home games like the matchups this is going to be a hard one to stay away from the the bigger test here is looking for rotation um i talked to my buddy Avery, who's been a writer for vavel and i think a little bit for last word on sports who's a big philadelphia guy he's expecting sapong to rotate he says both of the wingbacks could probably rotate and you the core of the field should stay the same that's his take on it uh sapong was an early pick for me in my lineup but hearing this possibly a 60 and a 30 or a 90 and a 30. Uh, it's just, it's really hard to grab Sapong. So Madunjanin is your number one headliner. He's basically a must own at this point. Um, he gets the work done defensively, but he adds a lot in the attack. Uh, Blake is definitely a solid goalkeeper option. And if you're going to go all in, you might as well grab some defenders too. But again, watch the rotation. Um, Gooch could be good, but with his age, I could see him resting one of these two games. Um, Fabinho's kind of been the consensus, probably gets 180 defender. So um, Madunjan and Blake and Fabinho are my two are my three that I'm really looking at. But you've got a couple extra midfielders who could do something big here if you want to fill up that fourth spot. Uh, for score predictions, I mean, 2-1 against Houston and 2-0 against Colorado. Maybe 1-0 against Colorado. Okay. Okay. Got some, has some goals right here. Jason, I know we bragged on you, but I'll let you talk about your guys. We all Salt Lake versus New York city. And then at Seattle, um, how do you think this will fare? Um, RSL's two, two and seven dumpster fire, garbage, horrible. Blah. Um, yeah. RSL's two, two and seven, 14 healthy players on the roster last week. They're getting back Ramondo, Kyle Beckerman, and Rusnak, which is great, but that still doesn't help out with all the other injuries. <clears throat> I would definitely keep an eye on the weather um, prior to the game. Uh, it's expected possible snow, if not uh, sleet, and a lot of rain, cold rain, so I don't really know. But either way, um, I think this game ends 3-1, and David Villa, 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 that's all I can say. If he starts, I think that... Um, he's just going to run rampant against RSL. Now, RSL plays away at Seattle, and typically RSL and Seattle, it's typically a very close game, 1-1, nil nil. But with the injuries and the call-ups that RSL has, I also see Seattle beating RSL 3-1. Um, I think that Ladero is the one to get this week for Seattle and this game. Uh, he's currently my captain. Um and I think that he also runs circles around RSL. So, unfortunately, RSL is not going to win any games anytime soon. Ouch. Well, San Jose last week, we were all pretty hyped on them, and maybe it was overhyped. Uh, Mike, this week they are hosting Orlando, and then they're traveling to Dallas. Should players take a more measured approach to San Jose this this time? Um. It probably depends on how measured you want to get. I mean, uh, I don't know if I would go all in and Captain Wondolowski or something like that. But I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, someone like that. Um, would. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, other than that, I mean, I think 
Uh, look, I, I was talking to um, Derek, who's one of our Orlando City fans, and I asked him, I was like, is there any reason for Kaká to travel to this game other than he wants to go to the Western Conference Finals and watch a game there? And he's like, no. Um, I'm really expecting Orlando to not um, show up and travel a whole lot of people for this game against San Jose because they've been so good defensively that they can bunker in. So I think fantasy-wise, um, Young Worth is a very good option this week. Um, if you had the money, Bingham, although I think there are some better, cheaper options like Blake. Um, I think Godoy, his consistency in the midfielder for 7.4 um, as a kind of defensive midfielder, I think he's a vi- very viable option too. But I wouldn't go any of the offensive players. You're talking about, you know, even at home against Orlando and then at Dallas, two of the best defenses San Jose it, you know, is going to face. And San Jose clearly does not know what they're doing offensively. Um, this is particularly true since, for some reason, uh, Lima's been benched. Um, I've, I've asked some San Jose players, uh, excuse me, fans, about why they think he is. They think he may be just getting rested. I'm not sure what it is, but they're much less potent offensively and a little bit defensively with him on the bench. So, you know, he's not a good option. I wish he was because he's 4.6 and gets assists. But I'm not trusting anyone on San Jose's offense right now, even though Wando's price cheap. Um, I'm thinking if you want anyone, it's Godoy in the midfield and then, you know, defenders in the back like Youngworth or um, Bernadez. So uh, if you're asking me for scores, I'm thinking a nil-nil first game and a 2 nothing loss to Dallas the second game. Okay, Dominic, take you back over to the West Coast. Uh, Seattle is at Sporting Kansas City, and then they're hosting Real Salt Lake. Uh, they've hit a bit of a rough spot as well, especially with their big stars. Is is this the time for them to come back? Is is RSL basically the reset, reset switch for any, any struggling team? Yeah, at this point, I think so. Um, and it's nice for us as Colorado fans because for the last couple of weeks, it was Colorado being the reset switch. Um, but, you know, SKC... Um, Seattle going to Kansas City that first that first game, I think it's going to be tough. Um, and I think they are going to put a little bit more effort in that one than they are going to go put into RSL. Um, but, you know, I don't expect um, Seattle to go into Kansas City and get a win. Um, but I could see that going 1-1. Um, and then against RSL, I mean, you know, Ladero is probably a, a good option for that week. Um, for that game, I mean, I can see him scoring two goals pretty easily, maybe assist. You never know. But um, being back at home against Salt Lake, it, it looks pretty good. And then let's wrap everything up with our double game week teams with you, Blaine. Sporting Kansas City, I think the biggest question that most people are going to have is what happened to the defense? Yeah, um they ran into Orlando City, and that's got to be one of the better attacking teams in the league, especially when you add Kaká to the mix. And can we all take a moment and just appreciate that goal he had? I mean, that was a beauty. And Kansas City deserved to get scored on with that one. Yeah, it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. But that said, I still think they're one of the best defenses in the league. They ran into one of the best offenses in the league on the road, and that's just going to happen. Um, this is an offensive league, not a defensive league. So that it just happens. Like, where, look at where all the money's spent. But this this double game week is got the potential to be huge. I mean, Seattle's kind of hit and miss. They could really open it up, but they could also get shut out. Um, this is a good spot to look for double game week def- defenders. Your goalkeeper here. I mean, you've got some of the best defensive players in the game right here. But one goal ruins it all. Now, the Vancouver game could be a trap game. I think Kansas City is going to throw a lot at at Seattle. And then who knows what we're going to see against Vancouver. This is a real rotation risk across the board. And, I mean, this is a good chance for a trap game. Just I could see Vancouver really taking it to them. They've got the speed. they've They've got some offensive weapons that could really pressure Kansas City and push them back. So I think your biggest... Uh, takeaways this week are going to be watch for the rotation. Um, look for guys who are probably going to play their full 180. Amelia and Beasler, the two leading guys that I have for this. Um, Opara should be ready to go the full 180 this time. I think they've. I don't. I've never been a fan of Ellis. I don't think he should play another minute for Kansas City. And the defense gives up goals when he's in there. So 
I mean, anybody's got to be better than him at this point. Um, I expect Zussi to get 180, but I don't think you can sacrifice a midfield spot for a defensive-minded player. Um, Failhaber is another one that's a rotation risk. I think he could go 180, but at the same time, he could sit out an entire game. But uh, we'll say the biggest one to watch for has got to be Jimmy Madranda. Um, he's been rested some this year already. Um, I honestly don't see him starting both games. I don't know if he'll play in one of the games at all um, because it's hard not to talk about Kansas City and talk about Latif Blessing this week. Uh, two goals in his first start against uh, Orlando. Um, right where he needed to be on both of those. It, they were two cleanup goals. But the kid is fast. He's only 20 years old, really breaking in. And the offense has struggled a little bit with Madranda. He hasn't been bad, but the offense should be able to do a whole lot more. And I think Blessing provides those extra weapons. I would not be at all surprised to see him get one of the starts over Madranda, if not both, after the way he just played. So for anybody looking at uh, Madranda as a good option going forward and uh, the defensive bonus points, yeah, I would I would be very wary of that this week. All right, good options there. Moving on to the single-game week teams. Jason, tell us about the New York Red Bulls. All right, well, uh, New York Red Bulls play Toronto Football Club. Um, now, with Giovinco's injury and um, Hagelin's injury and New York being at home, um, I think New York actually pulls this out 2-0 this week. I know, uh, you know, Toronto, everyone's on the Toronto hype train, but they just played two back-to-back game weeks. Um, they're probably extremely exhausted. Um, I know Michael Bradley's pretty pissed, so, um, you know, I can only imagine that if Bradley's tired, I mean, I think he played uh, every single minute of every single double week game. So, um, you know, and I know a couple of the players did as well. So I really see a lot of tired legs, tired minds going into New York and just not really putting up a fight. So I think 2-0 New York. Um, I think uh, BWP starts, uh, starts it off with a goal, and I think um, Stash does well. Um, I'm not too big on the single game weeks. I don't really like a lot of them. Um, I will not have any single game week players in my lineup, but I think if you're looking for someone in this game, I think that obviously Edwards at 3.9 is a, you know, is a no brainer just to boost your bench money. But I think, um, stash or BWP are two that you need to look at. All right, Mike, Jason just told us about how Toronto is in trouble. Is this a time that you think they are just going to say, you know what, we've got six in a row, we can afford to lose one while we try to recover from injuries and tired legs? Uh, wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you know, Hagland has been such a critical focus or critical piece for their back line, um, even though they will have Drew Moore back, or at least I think they'll have Drew Moore back this week. Um, I, I could definitely see a, a bit of a let off um, for for fantasy purposes. I don't know that you have too many options. I agree with Jay. I think you're probably going 11 double game week players this week. Um, but if you're looking at this game for the Toronto side, uh, I think your best bet is Victor Vasquez. Um, he's got rotated twice already, so he's not as tired as the others. Um, he's gotten really good um, bonus point production. Heck, he even got an attacking bonus point last week, and he played only 26 minutes. So I think he's definitely someone to look at. At 9.0, he's not a cheap guy, so you'd really have to sacrifice some of the double game weeks, so I wouldn't recommend it. Um, Maybe Josie Altador, you know, because with Giovinco gone, he's probably going to start. Maybe you could go cheap um, and have Edwards in a switcheroo or, or Ricketts. You know, if you have some extra money to splash around, but generally, I think you're, you're avoiding this game, especially because New York Red Bulls, uh, with the, the disaster this week aside, they've been pretty solid defensively at home. I think they've only given up two goals at, at home this year before the LA game. So I think you're passing. I, I'd agree with Jay. I think 2 nothing um, New York Red Bulls. Okay, Blaine, moving on to Montreal. A disappointing home loss, uh, but now they're going up against a Portland team that had a disappointing home draw last round. Is there anybody that we want to look at for Montreal that could be more than just a switcheroo option. No. All right, I, moving I, I on. Said it a couple, <laughs> yeah, I, I said it a couple weeks ago. I think Montreal's actually playing worse at home than they do on the road right now. Um, Portland, I know they've struggled on the road, but they're still a better team. They need a win. They just they need a better game. Um, I think they come in ready to play. 
I don't think Montreal can handle them this week. I'm actually predicting 3-0 to Portland on this one. I think they're going to be firing on all cylinders, and Montreal's just going to collapse under this uh, heavy pressure that Portland likes to throw forward. So, yeah, not even looking at this game. I don't even know if I want to watch it this week. I think it's going to be ugly. Well, let's talk about Portland. Uh, Dominic, we saw Valeri come back last week and get one of his rare uh, zero-anything games. Is Portland worth investing heavily in this time on the road at Montreal? Um, I mean, with the other options out there, I don't think they're worth. I mean, there are too many other good places to go. Uh, But I do think, I agree, I do think Portland is going to run all over Montreal. Um, I, you know, if you wanted to, you could always pick up Valeri. I think he's too expensive for what, you know, what else you can, everything else you can get. Um, but I can see him grabbing. He's not going to get zero points this week. Do you agree with Blaine's score prediction? Uh, I had three one. Oh, I, I figured. I figured. You know, they'd hit something on a counter and okay. Well, make you know, it they, interesting. They've not been a solid defense, so it could happen. Mike, DC United, struggling a lot throughout this year. Um, do you think that's going to continue for this round? I, I think so. Um, you know, we've seen Chicago on the road hasn't been as good, and especially with them having a midweek game and DC United not having a midweek game. Uh, I think there's a potential for an upset here, um, but I don't know that I could recommend any of them for fantasy other than Durkin because he's 4.0, not going to play, and could be used as a scrub and a switcheroo. Um, you know, Patrick Mullins has not had a good year, uh, as much as it pains me to say. Um, they're really missing Niarco. They're just not not synced up together. It just nothing is really working for this club right now. Um, I, I don't think you can depend. They, they might have a good game, but I mean, as we saw against you know Philadelphia, I, I think they're. I think it's a better bet that you're going to want Chicago players against them than want DC players for. And I don't know that you can predict with any kind of reasonable um, certainty that any of these DC players are going to go off. So, I mean, I would skip. I'm, I'm imagining they maybe pull a 1-1 draw against Chicago, but more than likely they lose 2-1. to one. Jason, Atlanta is back at home after a couple of away games. Are they going to get their mojo back? Uh, I don't think so. I think that, uh, I mean, Atlanta has scored one goal in the last three games. I'm sorry, one goal each game for the last three games. And granted, they are playing, I guess you could say, at home against Houston, who, like I mentioned before, has only scored two away goals all year and has lost all three away games. I think that this game ends in a 1-1 draw. Um, Like I said before, the only Houston player I would touch this week would be Alex. Um, and then with Atlanta, I mean, it's kind of a crapshoot. You had a 4.4 scrub mid and Gressel score this last week. So I'm not really big on Atlanta. I don't think Atlanta is going to be what they were until, um, uh, just had a brain fart. Um, not Ramirez, is Ramirez, Martinez, Martinez, Martinez. I'm sorry. Yeah. Martinez comes back. So I don't really like this match. Like I said, I think Alex is the only viable Houston option. Other than that, I wouldn't touch it. Dominic, Vancouver has been a team that's kind of confused me a lot of the times this year. They're hot, they're cold. What are we going to see this time? Um, I mean, yeah, they they can't seem to find any consistency. Uh, I think, you know, going against Kansas City this week, uh, they will probably get a win just because I think that they're going to – Kansas City is going to have a lot of rotation going on. Um, I think it would be fun if Breck Shea scored again because, you know – why not um, have him come in the last 20 minutes and score a goal? It seems like what he does. Uh, but, you know, this is not something that I'm really looking to at all. So, if anything, it's one nothing, 2 nothing, and they'll just go about their business. Playing Dallas. Uh, Dallas has been a pretty good team. They are willing to have their players get stitches. So, are, are we going to see that same kind of result, that draw this time? Yeah, I think – a draw no i think dallas is going to go in and win this game um really it comes down to what your take on san jose is if you think they were as bad as they looked last week um dallas should run all over them Uh, they've got a great attack they've got enough to throw at them that especially if lima's not in there san jose just won't know what to do and dallas should run up the score on them but again i think dallas or san jose is going to regroup a little bit which is going to hurt dallas's production 
I've got this one pegged as a 2-0 win for Dallas with San Jose looking a lot better. Dallas just has enough talent to break them down. If you're going to look at fantasy players, I mean, it's really hard to grab a Rudy over some of the double game week options, but Acosta is a single game week at his price could be good, especially if you really think they're going to run all over him. He's going to be making a lot of plays. He would be really the only one I look at, but again, for the price, I mean, you've got Godoy, you've got Alex, you've got a couple other cheaper guys out there on the double game week list that should probably get the nod before Acosta. Mike, what do you think New England's going to do this round? They've had uh, some luck. Yeah, um, this is an interesting matchup. Um, we're not going to pay too much attention to it because it's a single game week. Um, they've, this, these teams met before. Uh, you know, they played the Columbus Crew, uh, and the Crew won that game uh, in Columbus 2 nothing. Um, I, I think New England could turn it around or, or at least get a draw here. Um, I, I think one player that we don't talk about a whole lot um, – is, is Lee Wynn. He's actually the third best midfielder right now um, at uh, 82 points uh, overall. And that's, I think he's a game behind um, everyone else. And he's only 10.3. Um, I don't know if you're going to have him over the double game week guys this week, but if you are, I, I think this is an option to go. Columbus has had a lot of um, injuries in the back. Um, and we've seen this past week, uh, you know, giving up two to Toronto and then uh, another two to Montreal. I think I don't trust Columbus to keep any kind of clean sheet on the road uh, in New England. And if someone's getting involved in those goals, Lee Wynn is going to be the person to do it. Um, I, I don't think you go with him because, you know, you have players like Ladero, Benny Philhaber, who have double game week opportunities. And Columbus is not such a push pushover that I think that pushes him past those guys. But um, if you're kind of looking for a differential, I think Lee Wynn um, would be a good way to go. And also, of course, we have to talk about uh, Cody Cropper. He's only 4.1 now uh, after his clean sheet. You can easily slot him behind Blake if you think um, New England's going to keep, keep a clean sheet. There might be a way to increase your price. Um, I don't see this as a clean sheet. I see this as a 2-1 win um, for New England. So um, I'm not picking up any players from this, but if I did, it would be Lee Wynn. Jason, give us the other side from Columbus. Do you agree with Mike's take? Um, I do think it will be a draw, but I think it's actually going to be a higher scoring game. I think it's going to be 2-2. The only thing you have to remember is Columbus just came off of a double game week. Um, and we, <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised no one brought it up yet, but Merrim, first career hat trick, and, oh, captain, my captain, it was fantastic for my fantasy team. Um, but, I mean, you, you can't deny his, you know, the amazing run of form that he's in. Um, it would it would be great if it was a single game week, but like we consistently say on the show, it's a double game week, and I think there are better options for double game week players. And I agree with Mike 100% about Lee Wynn. Um, extremely underrated and under-talked about player, especially this year. Um, but then again, if I were to have either, you know, a single game player, it'd be Merrim or Win. Um, but it's a double game week, so I'm not going to have any. Blaine, Minnesota is no longer, as we've said, the reset switch. Um, how will they do this? I think you mentioned you may have one of their players in your team. Yeah, so there is one guy that I'm toying with the idea of putting him in my lineup. I just... I, I want to know if Jermaine Jones is back, really. Um, but I'll let Dominic talk about all that. But if Jermaine Jones isn't back, I would definitely consider putting uh, Kevin Molino in my lineup this week. Uh, Minnesota's offense is just so good right now. They're putting up they're putting up goals on pretty much anybody right now. Um, really hard to ignore them. And if LA keeps up what they have been doing, it's it would be hard to ignore these guys in a single game week. I mean, and some of the midfielders are pricey, and the other ones I've been looking at for the double game week are defensive-minded guys. I'm expecting double-digit scores, but if I think Molino is going to grab another two goals or be involved in two more, possibly three goals for that game, and Molino being – it's really hard to knock or exclude him from the considerations list if he's not in the lineup already. So – yeah, that's what I have, but I'll let Dominic take over for L.A. Before Dominic starts, uh, you mentioned Jermaine Jones. He'll be out for another two weeks with wh- whatever the convenient injury L.A. came up for him was. So he, he he should be out for this game. So I don't know if that makes your decision harder or easier, Blaine. 
Oh, it makes it harder <laughs> because it's really hard. It's really hard to give up a double game week player for somebody like this. But Molino is definitely an option this week. Give a score prediction. <sighs> I had it initially as a two-two draw. Okay. And Blaine, or sorry, Blaine, Dominic, take us home after Blaine gave you that little plug for LA. Yeah, and um, coming from some Jermaine Jones experience, you know, I <laughs> even if he even if he was listed as, you know, he can go. I'm not counting on him to do anything anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I have this as a two-two draw as well, uh, just because Minnesota's attack is high-powered. Um, if there were to be any LA, I mean. The only way LA stays in this is they, they have to score goals because um, Minnesota is going to put them up regardless. Um, I don't think there's anybody you really do look at because, uh, you know, Dos Santos is probably going to score in this game, but it's not worth the money. So, All right. Well, thank you guys for those breakdowns. I hope everyone found that helpful. Now we are going to do our player pick. So, guys, before you give me your keeper pick, I want you to also say yes or no Will you have any single-game week players in your team, Jason? Hell no. Blaine. I know I talked up Molino, but my head will get the best of me. No double-game week – or no single-game week players. Mike. No. Dominic. No. I'm toying with the idea of maybe having one, but uh, I kind of like differentials every now and then, so I'll, I'll see where I stand. But across the, the board. Read? Well, does Edwards count? I mean, I, I'm not, he's going to be on my bench, so technically no. <laughs> no, no. We're talking about your starting 11, guys. But let's I, do I'm, keepers now. Jason, who's your keeper? Uh, key, keepers, um, Blake and Lampson. I think that um, I believe it was Blaine that said it. 4.4. You can squeeze an extra point four um, somewhere to get. Uh, a double, you know, a, a bench double game week keeper that could possibly boost your value a lot. Um, but yeah, Blake and Lampson. Blaine. Uh, right now I've got Fry and Lampson in there. Oh. Mike? Uh, just Blake. Um, I wouldn't pick up Lampson because if you follow Chicago Twitter, they won him benched uh, yesterday. So uh, I'm just going to stick with Blake. If I have a backup keeper, it'll be Cody Cropper. Dominic. Uh, I've got Blake <laughs> and Cropper. All right, a little bit of division there. I like it. I like it. Defenders, Dominic, who you like? Uh, if Watts <laughs> is not suspended, I'm going Jared Watts. Anybody else? Just you're just gonna have one defender. That's that's well, I mean, seen that before. No, my defend my defenders <laughs> who I have right now are, uh, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out. But I've got Watts um, kind of as my main Youngworth, uh, just because I don't think, um, you know, I think he'll he'll be a good pickup, and then. I'm still trying to figure out a third. I probably, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out that third one. Okay, Watson Young, pretty good, pretty good. Jason? Uh, Elliot, Gooch, Kappelhoff, and Mira. Interesting. You always throw out some interesting ones. Well, see, and, and this is the thing, too. It's like, like from my picks having a Philly and a Chicago keeper and a Philly and Chicago defender, if, if this was us last year, this is ridiculous. Like you would have never thought that either one of these two teams would have been good defensive picks, but this year at home, they're tremendous. Blaine. I've got Alfaro, Youngworth, Beasler, and uh, Mira. Mike. Youngworth, Beasler, Fabinho, and Suter. He was part of my switcheroo last week that I wish I had gone with him. Yeah, Mike had a triple switcheroo. He sent me a picture and actually said that. No, I did not say it was a yes, triple switcheroo. I, have, I said it was I three people in a switcheroo. I can show you the text message. And it didn't even work because I got it wrong. Because it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. <laughs> Mike, he just doesn't Mike. know how to do it right. Midfielders. All right. I have um, Manu Janin, Fellhaber, Ladero, Godoy. And I'm not sure if I'm getting him into my lineup, but I have Rivas right now in the fifth spot. Dominic. Um, okay, so I have got um, my midfield right now. I'm going with um, Madunian, um, Dax, McCarty, and then uh, Jack Harrison, and then Alex. Jason. Uh, Ladero, Godoy, Medudenijinjinin, uh, the big Benny, and Alex. Blaine. Yeah, Medunjanin, however you say that. Uh, Godoy, Alonzo, and Alex right now. No no Benny Love? 
I think he gets rotated this week. I mean, if if I'm right and Blessing starts at left wing, Benny could get benched. You could see Madranda play that center mid role again, like he's done a couple times this year. I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. Fair enough. Who are you feeling at forward? Uh, Nikolic, Via, and Lauren. I think this is a week to go three forwards. Mike? Uh, I only have two, Nikolic and uh, Dom Dwar. Ooh. Dominic? Um, right now, I've got Nikolic, uh, Via, and Sapong, but that's going to be switching probably. <laughs> Which one? All of them? <laughs> no, probably Sapong. We'll probably leave Sapong out of that eventually, but... Jason? Uh, David Villa, Nico, and um, Raheem Sterling Edwards II. <laughs> and finally, captains, Jason. As Let's of begin. right now, it is sitting on Ladero. Blaine? Uh, Nikolic, but I've been burned by forward so many times. I'm really thinking about throwing on Medunjan in this week. Mike? I'll probably settle with Ladero, but right now it's on Dom Dwyer. And Dominic? Mine currently is on David Villa. Oh, I like the variety that we have this week. Thank you so much, guys. I hope everybody else appreciates all these tips and little little tricks that the guys have talked about. I guess no tricks. You guys have talked a little bit about a three-person switcheroo, but that doesn't exist, so come on. I uh, hope you guys find it useful leading into this double game week. Remember, everything does start on Wednesday, so get your team set before the deadline. Moving on to community time, the r slash fantasy MLS top score goes to Zach Sanchez, manager of Sporting Esmo, I guess is how you say that. Uh, he tied the high score of 133 points. So you may have not gotten credit when we click on the Dream Team top score, but you will get credit here. Congrats, man. That's a great result. Yay. Yay. Over in Patreon, there is a three-way tie for first place based on an 8 0-2 record. Uh, formerly, I had that title, but now it is Bit Nomad who will be on the show uh, coming up who is leading that with points. So it's Bit Nomad, myself, and then RJ Gage all close behind him with an 8-0-2 record. Yeah, Kelvin. That's right. In other disappointing news, the MLS Fantasy Insiders host head-to-head -head league. I am also no longer the top of that, but I'm a, a close second. So, uh, Mike, how did your game go against Weeby? Um, I ate the taco. It was delicious. <laughs> um, what the best round of wasted? Weeby had 40 points. Um, it's embarrassing at this point. I mean, I almost felt bad. Almost, you know. He never, never. He was talking I mean, about this on, on Extra Time Radio, how he just gets so into things that he forgets to set his lineup until like Friday. He was like, oh, wait, I forgot about that. So <laughs> keep, keep pressure on him. Call into the hot take hotline and give, give but him I will, some pressure. I, I do want to point out that at least even in this double game week, he got 40 points without making transfers for the past month. So, you know, in case someone else had like a double game week that was like around 40 points, you know. It's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> hey, it's still less, less than 44, so hey, therefore I, therefore I am now off the hook. Done and done. Yeah, but oh. you didn't make transfers. <laughs> you, you don't get off or taco points. I, I was only allowed to make two transfers. Yeah, two transfers that week, so therefore I win. He has unlimited. Yeah, see, I, I remember that week because that was the week that New York City um, benched all their players against Toronto. Yep. I was thinking yeah, about that yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on. <laughs> Speaking of more successful MLS players or MLS employees, we have Ben Bear beating Guy Sanchez 109-85. to We have Simon losing to Andrew Krola, who uh, won 12-74. to And uh, that was great. That was great. Sorry Simon could not make it tonight, but uh, we mourn you. I, I heard uh, Dominic has a cat, so we still, got, we still have some cat representation. Bro, Fantasy football 24-7 beat Tim Shaw 95-89. to uh, Jason, you had a good match. Yeah, it was all right. 129-99, uh, I beat Ivan the Terrible. Uh, suck at England. Um, mm. And, yeah, it was a good match. Yeah. But I, I, I'm not doing well at all, though, in our host head-to-head. Uh, -head. This is probably the most competitive head-to-head -head league we've had, minus Andrew Weeby in a long time. It's been tough. Uh, Blaine, you had a very close game with Phil. Yeah, so Phil was leading all weekend up until that New England game, and De La May and Cropper were enough to push me to the 128-120 win. But Phil had a heck of a lineup going in, 
and he had me scared that I wasn't going to make it through this round. That was a close game, but the closest game of the match was Travis's win over me, 96 to 92. So neither of us had a stellar week, uh, but uh, he did best me 96 to 92 in the end. So congrats, Travis, man. Uh, good win. Good win. And I love your team name. Domo Arigato, Mr. Kuboto. I guess it's supposed to be Kubato, but it looks like Kuboto. Uh, I like it. I like it. Next week, round 12, uh, I am taking on Blaine. Ooh, big match there, man. Phil is taking on Jason. Ivan Terrell from Fantasy Football First is taking on Fantasy Football 24-7. So we've got our England Derby right there, I guess we'll say for them. Uh, Tim Shaw is taking on Andrew Crawlard. Simon is taking on Guy. Ben Bear is taking on Michael Denton. Ooh, you don't have a, a bye this week, Mike. And then Andrew Weeby is taking on Travis, so congrats, Travis, on your win. Uh, Dominic, are you in any fun head-to-heads? Um, fun head-to-heads this week, not so much. Um, but it is always fun when the Burgundy Wave guys always battle off against each other. So Always good. And you said you were winning that league, right? Oh, nowhere close to winning that league, but we're doing all right. You're doing all right. Well, that's doing good. All right. Well, that's all that we have for the show tonight. Guys, do you have anything you want to plug? Blaine? Uh, nothing tonight. Nothing tonight. Dominic. Um, I mean, always check out the Burgundy Wave. It's, uh, it's a fun little site. So we're, we're trying to keep up, uh, give everybody the latest injury news and everything we can. So Yeah, hit them up on Twitter. They will talk back to you in a good way. Jason. Yeah, I uh, got my punts and differentials typically coming out on game day around noonish, um, And then I will be also manning the um, fantasy – uh, MLS Fantasy Twitter on Friday night. So come hang out. Get your questions answered. Oh, big times. Mike. Uh, nothing other than uh, add MLS injury news. Let me know if you see any uh, injuries. I know a lot of people have been helping out this year. And uh, as always, I really appreciate it. It makes my job a lot easier when uh, y'all help out. So thanks, y'all. Yes, I view Mike's Twitter a lot because it does help. And I'm like, is that guy really injured? Yes, Mike has it. So it must be true. <laughs> And, of course, you can catch things that I post over at MLS Soccer's Fantasy page. I have my weekly picks that will be coming out in a couple of days. Check out MLSFantasyBoss.com for all of the articles that will be coming out. This podcast will get posted Monday night, so head over there because there will be some uh, expected goals posts coming up there as well, well as some charts. So check all that out before Wednesday starts. Uh, you'll also probably hear me on United States of Soccer on Sirius XM. Tune into that. Lots of great MLS chat and the new fantasy segment has been, I hope, going pretty well for people. And, of course, be sure to head on over to Reddit, the r slash fantasy MLS subreddit over at Reddit. A great community, lots of conversation, uh, good captain's polls and news and starting lineups, and just a great place to go and bounce your team off if you have ideas with the Rate My Team. It's a great place to be to get all of your fantasy questions answered that we don't already answer on this show. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening, and good luck. <laughs>